Welcome back to our next podcast of Common Sense Therapy. A big welcome to those of you who have just started listening from the other places where podcasts happen. I'm horrible with technology, so you're not going to hear any correct terms from me. Sorry. So I know that it's on Google Podcasts and Amazon Music or Podcasts or something like that, and I'm on Apple Podcasts. That's all I can give you. But for all of you who are better at this technology thing than I am and are listening on any of those three platforms, thank you and welcome. So this episode, I was thinking all this week about what should I talk about? And I just kept, in my sessions, kept having to address the issue of forgiveness. And so I'm like, well, if everybody's kind of at that same area in their lives, then maybe I should do my podcast about forgiveness. So it's really funny because I'm sort of following the format of the book that I wrote. And so I was going and looking at what the next section in the book was that I was actually supposed to be talking on. And lo and behold, it was forgiveness. So apparently the universe agrees with me. You get to learn about forgiveness today. Yay. So I'm going to start by giving you some background with forgiveness for me. I grew up in a very religious family, and so forgiveness was always very scripturally based, so I thought, except my second year of college was very, very difficult. I had a lot of friends turn on me, and when I came home for the summer, I didn't want to hang out with those people. They had been very, very mean to me. They had made my life um, really awful, and I didn't see them as friends anymore. Now, I did go and I worked through the issues that I had had to deal with with them, and I felt that I had forgiven them. But there was an event, a, a gathering, I don't know, some kind of party, that my mom said, why aren't you going to? And I said, Mom, I don't want to go and hang out with these people. And my mom said, well, then you haven't truly forgiven them. Because if you don't forgive and forget, then you haven't truly forgiven. I bet all of you other religious people out there have heard that before. So the problem with that is I have a really good memory. I don't forget things very easily. So according to my mom, I was never going to actually forgive anybody. Now, that didn't really sit well with me, but I didn't know what to do with it. I was getting my master's and we were being asked to research different people in our genres. And I was given a list of names and I didn't recognize any of the names. So I kind of did the backdoor approach with it and who could I find the most information on all at once. And that was the person I chose to do the report on. The man was Everett Worthington. And he turned out to be the world premier expert in the science of forgiveness. Now, I thought that was quite interesting. How is forgiveness a science? But he had studied it. He had studied what forgiveness is, how to do it, um, how to apply it to our lives, and how it benefits us physically, biologically, and emotionally when we do actually forgive people. If you guys want to read any of his books, 
They're very good. I recommend them. I liked him a lot. So one of the things that I learned from Dr. Worthington was that I wasn't wrong. I liked that. <laughs> that didn't make me feel like I would never be able to forgive people or that I wasn't any big failure with forgiveness. Okay, but does that go against all of the religious pretense that I was told my entire life? Actually, it didn't. What I was being taught was the cultural understanding of forgiveness. It wasn't actually the scriptural understanding of forgiveness because the science of forgiveness and the scriptural form of forgiveness go hand in hand. They correlate very well together. So it's almost like everybody who understands forgiveness really knows what they're talking about. It also helped me be able to put it into more concrete terms, terms that I could embody and live so that I wasn't holding on to stuff that was just going to hurt me. So let's talk about the two things about forgiveness, what it is and what it isn't. And then we will talk about how to implement that in your life. So first of all, what isn't forgiveness? Now, these are all, you're going to kind of rankle on me um, because some of these have been taught throughout the ages, and I am telling you that they are wrong, but I will explain why, okay? So first of all, forgiveness is not being okay with what was done to you. Do you ever notice that as soon as somebody apologizes to you, you go, it's okay? Why do we say that? It wasn't okay. It hurt. It, was, it made us feel bad or it did something else to us. But we just automatically go with, it's okay. Why does society do that? Because they don't want to hurt the other person's feelings. Well, why are we, again, so concerned with how the other person is feeling when they're the ones who hurt you? Why aren't they that concerned about what they did to you? So forgiveness is not being okay with what happened to you. Now that's to varying levels. I mean, if somebody accidentally bumped into you and they say sorry and you say it's okay, you're not not doing forgiveness correctly. Uh, it is okay. I mean, they didn't kill you or end the world over it. However, uh, if somebody betrayed you and it isn't okay that they betrayed you, you don't have to say it is. The next thing forgiveness is not. It is not excusing the other person's behavior. It is not saying that what they did was reasonable or rational. Many, many times we feel that if somebody is saying that they are sorry, then they have actually repented of what they have done. Repentance and forgiveness do, are not the same thing. You do not have to have somebody else repent in order for you to forgive them. And they do not need to have you forgive them in order to repent. They are two separate entities, two dichotomies of kind of the same coin, but not the flip side of it. So the next thing is forgiveness is not a cop-out. Uh, my daughter had a friend who went around hurting everybody. And when she was called out on it, she went and instead of trying to fix it, went and did more damage. 
and my husband was talking to her and he said, you can ask for people's forgiveness in trying to make things right. And she's like, oh, I can? And he said, yeah, you can. And so she wrote up a page of, I'm so sorry for what I did. I hope that you can forgive me and we can be friends together again. I, it just went on and on. It wasn't sincere whatsoever. But she figured that because she had asked for forgiveness from everybody, that she was good to go. That had solved and fixed everything. And she didn't have to deal with it anymore. Now, every single person that she asked forgiveness for said, I will work on forgiving you. But that has nothing to do with whether I think what you did was right or not. She did not hear that part of it. All she heard was, all I have to do is ask for forgiveness and I'm good to go. Forgiveness is not a cop-out. So I said that forgiveness and repentance are different. Forgiveness is more making amends to yourself. Repentance is making amends to the other person. Now, that sounds a little bit weird because why are you making amends to yourself for something you didn't do? Well, this will kind of be explained when I explain what forgiveness really is. So kind of put that on the back burner and it will make sense in a minute, okay? Forgiveness is not immediate. You cannot, these people who do, um, I, this guy hit my daughter and is in prison and we are now best friends and having tea together. No. You cannot think that forgiveness happens overnight. So these people that claim they have forgiven the other person haven't truly forgiven them. They just don't want to deal with all of those very difficult emotions that go along with needing to forgive somebody. I'm not saying they can't forgive that person, but it is not immediate. And so if it happens like that, it isn't forgiveness really, okay? I said this with the repentance part of it, but forgiveness is not for the other person. Forgiveness is for you. If that weren't true, then you would have to have access to the person that you were forgiving. But we can forgive people who we don't have contact with anymore. We can forgive people who have died. So forgiveness in all reality is for you. And so now you're starting to see a little bit about why it's making amends for you, but that's just part of it. The last thing is that if you forgive somebody, that does not mean that you have to let them back into your life. If they do not want to stop hurting you, you are not required to be BFFs with them to in order to forgive them. That is the biggest fallacy uh, that society perpetuates because you don't have to like the person in order to forgive them. And I said that one was the last one, but oh, one more, sorry. You cannot forgive and forget. That's impossible. I loved that point because that made it so that I could actually forgive. If you forget about something, what are you forgiving? You don't remember. So you're not actually forgiving, are you? So those are what forgiveness isn't. So now we get into what is forgiveness actually. So forgiveness is 
if you, you were going to boil it down into one single concept, you would say it is letting go. So it's frozen. It is letting go of negative emotions. Now, by negative emotions, sometimes we see negative emotions as just the opposite of positive emotions, sad versus happy, uh, angry versus excited. But sometimes we see negative emotions as the emotions that hurt us. So hurt, disappointment, betrayal, frustration. Those kinds of emotions are the ones that we're talking about here. We're not trying to let go of having the other spectrum of emotions. We are looking at letting go of the emotions that are hurting us, okay? Forgiveness is letting go of self-blame. How many times have you blamed yourself for what the other person has done? I will kind of give an example with this one. I was diagnosed with breast cancer several years ago. And right, right after I was diagnosed, I had a friend come to me and ask if I would write a play for a, a pre performance thing that she was doing and I agreed and I asked when it was and it happened to be like right after my first surgery but I figured that I could handle it so I wrote the play and I did the rehearsals and I went and I had my surgery and the night of the performance came up and I was directing the play and I was also, this was a big mistake, but I did it anyway. I wrote myself into it. And so I had to be there. And I was getting the stage set up and my friend's daughter came up on stage and she started telling me that I couldn't set up the stage the way I wanted to set it up. And I'm like, well, if you want the play to happen, then this is how the stage is going to be set up. And she's like, well, but my mom wants it this way and this way. And I like, I don't care what your mom wants. I am doing it this way. Go talk to her about it. Yes, that was rude. That was not called for. Um, now afterwards I went out into the lobby and I was trying to catch my breath and, and get myself in a position where I could do the play. And my friend came and she sat down and she was talking to me and she said, you know, my daughter was just trying to help. And I said, I know I'm really sorry. And I will apologize to her for it. Now, I could have sat there and blamed myself for all of that. Oh, I should have known better. I should not have agreed to do the play. I should not have agreed to direct the play. I should not be here tonight. I should not, I should not, I should not, I should not. Well, don't should on yourself. <laughs> Shoulda, woulda, coulda, you did it. So fix it and move on. Stop blaming yourself for things that you did or didn't do. That is not how you let go, okay? Shame. We need to let go of the shame of what has been done. Not the shame of what we have done, but the shame of what has been done. So <clears throat> sometimes when people hurt us, it's embarrassing. We feel bad. This happens an awful lot when somebody has been sexually abused. 
they feel that they are somehow responsible, that it is somehow their fault, and there are people in society who agree with them, and so they don't want to ever talk about it because they asked for it, right? That is not how forgiveness works. If you didn't do it, then there is no shame to be felt. Guilt. Guilt is the abuser's way of making sure that you don't move forward. They guilt you into feeling bad for what they did. There is no way out of guilt. You are stuck in it. Uh, How many times can I flagellate myself in order for you to feel better about something that you did? Either you're going to fix it or you're not. And me sitting there hurting myself or feeling guilty about what I what has been done to me isn't going to change whether you're going to fix it or not. So guilt needs to be released. You need to let go of it. Regret. Oh, I, and this comes back to the don't shit on yourself. Oh, I should have done this. Or I wished I had done this. Or maybe if I had done this. I had a situation where uh, some people that I really cared about didn't want to have anything to do with me anymore. And I had a lot of people ask me about it. And they said, do you think it could have gone differently if you had done something different? Um, That's irrelevant. I did the best that I knew how at the time with the information that I had. What can I regret? And if I had gone and talked to these people differently, would it really have changed their minds, their opinions, how they saw me, how they saw themselves at the time? I don't think so. So what are you regretting? Are you seeing that people make you pay for what they have done? Ah, and this is why forgiveness is letting go. You also have to let go of you being the one to met out justice. Now, this is the hardest one in forgiveness. I have been hurt on every level you can imagine. I have been attacked on every level that you can imagine. I have had justice on none of these levels. And you can ask any of my friends and family. I am not making this up. I have had to just fight and then walk away. I have had nothing in return. I will give uh, an example of this. I had an ex-boss who hated me. She fired me and then she set out to destroy me. I had to file a lawsuit against her to stop her from continuing to harass me, threaten me, and destroy me. It didn't, but it at least gave me some ammunition to fight back. Well, she didn't want to go to court. She wanted to settle because she knew she was wrong. And... She was really good at lying and really good at manipulating everybody. So we ended up settling. And the settlement that I got was that I got to deal with what she had done with me and she got to walk away. There's no justice in that. Not at all. So how in the world can I be okay with that? Because... I'm not the one who gets to make her pay for what she did to me. But that is part of forgiveness. It is part of the letting go. Now, all of this, all of these things that you have to let go of come down to the concept of forgiveness is 
allowing the other person to have the consequences of their own actions be put back on them. You stop taking them on you. Now, do you see how this fits in with the blame, shame, guilt, the regret? All of this is you feeling like you have to pay for what they have done. You do not. They have to pay for what they have done. Now, I had a, a client walk into my office and she sat down and she said, this, uh, my dad's girlfriend tried to kill him and I am never going to forgive her. You can't make me. So don't try. I'm like, okay, I get it. You're angry. You're hurt. That was a horrible experience because she got to walk away with nothing because she convinced my client's dad to not even press charges against her. And so he didn't. So she wasn't going to ever forgive this woman. And I said, okay, I get that. However, why are you the one carrying around the consequences of her actions? Because I guarantee you, she is not off worrying about what she did to you or your dad. She is off skipping around footloose and fancy free because you're the one taking all the consequences on yourself. So ultimately, what healthy forgiveness boils down to is that you need to put the consequences of the person's actions back on the person and stop internalizing them, personalizing them, and think that you're the one that can take care of them. So now let's look at how you can apply this to your own life. So I don't know how many of you know that nursery rhymes were used as political satire back in the day. And there is one that fits this situation about forgiveness and explaining it pretty well. And so we're going to Jack and Jill went up the hill to fetch a pail of water. Jack fell down and broke his crown and Jill came tumbling after. All right. So we have this couple named Jack and Jill. Now I said, we're going to talk about how to apply these concepts of forgiveness, how how to let go of these things. What does it do when you don't let go of these things? How to put the consequences of the other person's actions on them and not on yourself, okay? I'm gonna give you this example of Jack and Jill. So Jack and Jill are married. Ah, they went up the hill uh, to fetch a pail of water together. Well, Jack decided that he didn't wanna be part of this marriage anymore. And so he got a different life. He got a girlfriend, he moved in with her, and just started a whole new life, which is fine. People get divorced all the time, right? Except that Jack didn't get divorced. Jack didn't want to divorce his wife, so Jack is still married. So currently, Jill is paying the consequences of Jack's actions. She is the one taking care of the kids that they have together. She had to go back to work to financially provide and support the family. She cannot move forward with her life and date other people because she's still married. You know, that's called adultery. 
And if she tried to marry somebody or Jack tried to marry somebody, that's also called bigamy. It's against the law. You can't do it. Um, so actually, if she wants to, if Jill wants to move forward in her life, she actually needs to forgive Jack, meaning she needs to get divorced and move forward with her life and let Jack move forward with the life that he has chosen i.e. suffer the consequences of his actions. He doesn't want to be with Jill anymore. So why is she still acting like he is divorced when they aren't? Do you get this? It's pretty obvious how, when you put it in those kinds of terms, what that looks like. Now, here's the thing that you're all kind of thinking right now is why isn't she making Jack be responsible and getting divorced and taking care of things? Why isn't she asking for child custody and alimony and all of those things that you get with divorce? Because Jack has convinced her that this is the better situation to stay married. He'll help pay for the mortgage and she can have the life that she wants. And so Jack has done the guilt, the shame, and the blame. And all of a sudden, Jack doesn't have any consequences for his actions, right? Now, this is a pretty good example of what it means to put somebody's consequences onto them. However, if this were a real situation, a real marriage scenario, uh, society would say that you can't make Jack suffer those kinds of consequences. All he wanted to do was leave his family. So why are you making him divorce? Why are you making him pay alimony? Why are you making him pay child custody? Because he's the one who decided to do all of this stuff. It's his actions that produced Jack and Jill falling down the hill together. So he needs to suffer the consequences of that. Making Jack suffer his own consequences for his actions is not mean. It is what actual forgiveness is about. Why don't we think it's mean to make Jill suffer the consequences of Jack's actions, but we do think it's mean to make Jack suffer the consequences of his own actions? That doesn't seem reasonable, does it? Okay, so... I always have the client who says, walks into my office and says, Mandy, I want them to pay for what they did to me now. I don't want to wait. I want to know now that they are wrong. They need to admit they're wrong. They need to pay for what they've done. And I'm not going to forgive them until that happens. Okay, first of all, <laughs> You taking on all of that anger is you taking on the consequences of their actions. Like I said with my client and her dad, the girlfriend was skipping merrily along without any kind of consequences for what she had done while the dad and the daughter are sitting there in anger trying to put their lives back together, right? Okay, now I'm going to tell you that... They are being paid back for what they have done. 
Let's take Jack, for instance. If he has to suffer the consequences of his own actions right now, do Jack's kids really like him after what he's done to their mom? Do they really want to have a whole lot to do with them? In the real world, in this scenario, every single time I have encountered this scenario, the answer is no. Kids aren't stupid. They know, and they don't want to have anything to do with their dad who is stringing their mom along, or vice versa, if it happens to be their mom who is stringing their dad along. They don't want to have anything to do with the parent who is doing all the damage and not getting any of the consequences. Kids are smart that way, okay? So they also, Jack, he doesn't have a relationship with his wife that he won't divorce anymore. And do you really think that his other family members, like his parents, his brothers, his sisters, are going to think that this is a great scenario and approve of this and want to jump on board with this? You don't think this is a great scenario and you don't know Jack. So why do you think people who do know Jack are going to get on board with it and say, oh yeah, that's how I would have told you to do it. String your wife along, don't take care of your children and just go move in with your girlfriend and don't worry about any of the consequences. Who says that? Not any good friends, not any healthy family, right? So Jack's pretty much alone, shacked up with his girlfriend, while people are feeling sorry for Jill and all the little kitties that had to tumble down the hill with her. So all of a sudden, Jack is isolated. And you cannot have healthy in your life when you fill it with unhealthy. It's impossible. There is a saying that says, by their fruits, you shall know them. Okay, so if Jack has gone up this hill and he has planted crabgrass on this hill, what do you think he's going to roll down on? Is he going to roll down on Kentucky bluegrass in the shade with the trees and the wind blowing? No, he's going to roll down on the prickly piney crabgrass. It's going to hurt. It's going to poke because those are the fruits of his labor. So you have to understand here that he is suffering the consequence of his actions right now. It shows up. It shows up in people's lives. They cannot go around pretending that they are a good person and have anybody believe that and join with that for any amount of time. I had a client who had, his parents were abusive. And his parents didn't want anybody to know they were abusive. I mean, big shocker, who goes out and advertises and announces that, right? And so his parents were always bragging about how popular they were and how many friends they had and how much everybody loved them and how everybody paid attention to them. And, and you even had the people around them would kind of agree that if they were t would talk about uh, this guy's parents, they would say, oh, your parents are so nice. And oh, they're always trying to help out. And oh, my goodness, they're such good people. And oh, your mom gives the greatest hugs. I just love your mom's hugs. And, and your dad is just so service oriented. And it's just so fabulous. And so it looks like that there are no consequences for their actions, except that their health 
began to decline quite rapidly. And their family didn't want to hang out with them. They didn't have any family gatherings. As the grandchildren got older, the grandchildren didn't want to have anything to do with them. And so they were sitting alone a lot. They didn't go out and socialize and they didn't really have friends that they hung out with. Now, these uh, two people ended up dying about the same time. And so they had a double funeral. There was not one of these people that they had bragged their whole entire life about being so close to that attended their funeral. I talked to my client afterwards and they had a double funeral in a funeral home chapel, which is not a very big room, and it was only filled to about a third of its capacity. So they lived a very lonely, sad life behind closed doors where they did not have good health and nobody honestly cared about them because that's what they gave out. They gave out that same energy and that's what they got back. You cannot fill your life with unhealthy and think that it will produce healthy results. This is why forgiveness is so important to the people who need to forgive. It isn't because we need to make it right for the people who have hurt us. It isn't because we need to excuse their behavior or pretend that nothing happened. It's because we don't want to fill our lives with the unhealthy. We need to have the healthy in our lives in order to live the life that we want to live. And if you don't forgive and throw the consequences of what was done to you on the person who actually did it, then all you're doing is filling your life bag with somebody else's garbage. What room do you have in there for your own life, for your own healthy life? So this is why forgiveness is actually a good thing. It is the healthy thing. It is the best way to deal with these kinds of situations. Hopefully, I have made it a little bit more concrete and a little bit easier to understand so that you can start dumping out the garbage and letting the people who have hurt you deal with that on their own. It's not required of you to take it in.